we approach the beginning of a new year, it's a good time to start thinking about your Bible reading plan. Today we're going to talk about the plan that we're going to start reading. Aaron, why don't you tell us why it's good to read the Bible? Well, I don't know that I would have a good concise answer for why it's good to read the Bible, but I think it's good to read the Bible with you, AJ. I think this is your first time on our church podcast. And with Matthew, who is coming back for a second debut on the Resurrection Church podcast. So I'm happy to talk about reading the Bible with you two gentlemen. As am I. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, it's, I think your question, why should we read the Bible? And you're obviously connecting it to a reading through the Bible in a year plan, which is what we're talking about here. Uh, why should we read the Bible in a year? Well, I don't think that everybody has to read the Bible every year um, all the way through. You know, maybe maybe that sounds wrong or, or unspiritual or something, but I mean, the reality is not every Christian reads through the Bible every year, and that's okay. Um, but on occasion, I think it's really good to read through the whole Bible in a year to get kind of a full scope of the biblical content in your mind and your heart. And sometimes you're not going to understand everything you're reading, but you have to have the the material to work with to work on understanding it. And if it's not in your head, you're, you just have nothing to work with. So I think reading through the Bible in a year is a little bit like watching a long, confusing movie where you don't really understand all the parts while you're watching them. But later on down the road, you might make sense of them, but you have to have watched the whole thing to be able to make sense of anything. Right. That's like every movie I watch. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, some movies are are tough, and but you don't stop it and keep replaying it until you understand that section because the reality is you might not understand that section until you've seen the whole thing. And I think the Bible sometimes is, there are portions that are like that where you don't understand the parts until you've seen the whole um, so I that that's one reason I like reading the Bible through all the way through is it gives me all of the biblical text within a relatively short amount of time. Right. So have either of you guys done this before? The year plan go through? It's been a while for me. I think um high school was probably the last time where I went through a you know, someone gave me a Bible as a gift that that had the the days marked out with you know, an Old Testament reading, a New Testament psalm and proverb where you would just read it as that day. Um, so I've done that before. Um, and then I think in seminary classes, I've had to read through large portions of Scripture at one time. But it's been a while for me, certainly. Yeah, I think the first time I did it, I was pretty young. I think I had to be like third or fourth grade. What? I had gotten a gift Bible with oh, the checklist of, you know, like you were just describing, AJ. Um, and then didn't do it for a long time. Then during MDiv years, every year I tried to read through a different translation all the way through. So I think I did ESV, NLT, and CSB. Uh, but it's been a while. It's been a few years since I've read the Bible in w- one year all the way through. Uh, though for classes recently, I just read through the New Testament for a class, and that was beneficial. But it's been a while since I've read through the whole thing in a year. Yeah, I uh, I never have. Shocker. Um, so it'll be a good... Yeah, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about there. Well, no, I'm, no, no, I'm not embarrassed. About I'm glad it, that you're joining us on yeah. this endeavor. and It'll stretch me. Yeah, and I think whether you read it on the printed page or if you listen to it, 
you don't have a drive for work, but maybe some of the people listening to a podcast, this podcast have a 20 minute drive and uh, maybe, maybe they'll listen instead of read it. But either way, I think we're getting biblical content in our, in our hearts and our minds. Do you think there's any significant difference between physically reading it with your eyes versus hearing it with your ears? It's a good question. Oh yeah, definitely. I think so. But, but then I was thinking about this recently it's not until, you know, relatively recently in biblical history that people have been able to have a printed copy of the full text of Scripture in their home that they can actually read. So I think a lot of people, Audible, or not Audible the app, but Audible audio listening, hearing people read it or memorizing and reciting it was probably the way most people throughout redemptive history have taken in the scriptures or going somewhere like to the synagogue or to their church and having it read to them or in periods of American history where literacy rates were super low. The way that you would read the Bible is just by going to church on Sunday and hearing someone read it, right? Or, or listening to someone else during the week. Yeah. I bet they were better at retaining it though. Probably. Because it's kind of like, you know, if you're blind, they always say your your sense of smell and feeling and everything, like all that is heightened. Yeah, but I think if if people are like me, I listen to audiobooks and podcasts all the time. And even though I think in grade school and high school and even college, I was not a great audio learner. Um, I was much more of a visual learner. Now I'm a much better audio learner. Is that the right term for that? I don't, um, I don't know. So learning by hearing, even though in college and high school, I really wasn't. I think you can just grow and develop in those things. And I think culturally, you know, in our technological age, we're in a good place for people to learn well by hearing, maybe even more than by visually reading. Yeah, there's some really good resources out there right now that you can get for relatively cheap. Um, ChristianAudio.com. And I like to use the Dwell app. Yeah, I have Felix. He reads okay <laughs> in this South African British accent. That's great. That's that's my jam. That's really good. Yeah. So Dwell Bible app is one that you pay for, I think. Yeah. Uh, but then ESV Bible app. Now Kristen Getty reads. She reads a little bit slow for my taste. So I when I listen, I listen at like one point five. Uh, but then the Christian Standard Bible has an app as well that has a couple. I think a couple of different voices on there, maybe. Um, maybe it's just one, but there are a lot of options for listening to people read the Bible for free. So why should people at Resurrection Church or whoever is listening to this podcast listen to the Bible through a plan like what we're going to do or um, read the same portions of Scripture together? What are the benefits of, of doing that together? Well, what, what do you think, Matthew? I want to throw this oh. to you first because... I I have a couple of opinions, but I'd be interested in hearing from you as just kind of a normal guy in our, at our church. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, it would give you things to talk about, I would think. Everybody's kind of on the same page reading the same things, so maybe it could provide more just natural conversation as it's like, hey, I know you read this this week too. I had these thoughts. Let's talk about it, um, which could, I don't know, maybe help further strengthen relationships within the church and yeah, just discussion. People can grow together as they bounce 
thoughts, you know, off each other. I don't know. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's right. And I think something that I would compare that to is during high school, we didn't have streaming video services. So people in our school would all be watching the same TV show every week that would air on Tuesday night. And if you missed it, you didn't get to see it. And you weren't part of the the inside jokes that everyone else got when they were quoting that TV show or talking about something that happened in it. But the my point is that everyone was really essentially tracking on with the same television shows during the week. And that fed a lot of our conversations throughout the week. So whenever you're sharing something with other people, even if you're not doing it in the moment, it creates a lot of opportunities to talk and um, ask questions and influence what you're thinking about things when you come together. So that's one thing I, I would say would be great if there are multiple people in our church who end up reading through the Bible in the year along with us using the same plan. I think it would be a great opportunity to engage in conversation about the Bible that you might not otherwise do. Um, yeah, that reminds me, Aaron, of I had, I had a similar experience with people at work when American Idol was big and I wasn't watching it, but every day or week, whatever it was, I would come in and they were just mad that Sinjaya was still on the show. I don't know. You know, if you ever watched? I that. didn't watch any of that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, don't I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah there, there what was, is, your, what was your show or, you know, you know, I don't know that I would recommend the show, so I probably oh, shouldn't right. just mention it here. Um, that's right. but, but I think, you know, high school kids are watching things, but one of the, you know, one of the shows that I think just everybody was watching at that time was 24. And I don't remember if that was a good show or a bad show, but I remember we watched that every single week and everyone else did too. And we, we had something to talk about with people who you might not otherwise connect with because you're not sharing in the same thing. But the sports people, the nerds, everybody was watching 24. And it was, a, it was now something we could talk about. And I think the Bible is something that we can talk about too, even when we're very different from other people. We can share that in common as we read through it in the year. Yeah, it unifies you. And what better to be unified as a church than around the word of God? Yeah. So I, I should just be clear that I think we want to invite anyone who wants to do this to follow along with the same plan we're reading, read through the Bible in the year with us. Uh, but also we want to be clear that not everyone needs to do this. Um, so it's not like you won't be able to talk with people because of not participating in this or something, or that if you don't do the Bible in a year, you should feel guilty about that or something. That's not the point. But the point is simply to say, uh, we should be reading the Bible. This is one way of doing that. And when multiple people are doing it together, it offers some encouragement because it can get, it can be hard to maintain that habit and that daily practice of reading and actually getting through some really tough, sloggy portions of the Bible that frankly aren't that interesting or seem like they don't really matter or portions that are super repetitive. But if you know there are other people who are going through the same thing with you, it kind of helps you get through it because you're doing it with other people. Definitely. A lot of times people come to church and they feel starved. They need mm -hmm. they need the word. And if you've been seeping in it, soaking in it all week, um, it helps you be encouraged. It enables you to encourage others when you come together to worship. 
Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, really beneficial. So what was the um, name of the Bible reading plan that that we were going to go through? Okay, so yeah, the, the Bible reading plan I found that I think is going to be a good one. Is It's on the Christian Standard Bible's website, so csbible.com, and it's called Every Day with Jesus. So they have a reading plan portion, and this has four four sections of the scriptures that you read every day. So you read one Old Testament text, a part, either all of a psalm or part of a psalm, part of a proverb, and then a New Testament text. So I guess really you have three Old Testament texts, but you go through psalms and proverbs once in the year. So you can imagine for proverbs, there are only 30 chapters. So you're going a lot more slowly through that. Psalms, there are 150 of them. So there are 365 days in a year. You can think, you know, one to two, probably a a day, right? Um, If my math is right. Or no, half of one, right? Yeah, yeah, like half of a psalm per day on average there. So, I mean, that's not totally true because some psalms like 119 are just enormously long. So I don't know how they do the math on that, but a smaller section of psalms. So the beginning of the year, you start in Genesis and Matthew, and you read kind of through the Old Testament canonically in the the order that it falls, and then also your Psalms and Proverbs section. I like that because you're not just starting with Genesis and reading through the whole Bible and getting caught up in Leviticus in February, where it's just kind of a tough slog sometimes. So this is good because you're in the New and Old Testament every day. Yeah, I tried on my own just reading through the Bible in a year, just from front to back. And yeah, I lasted like a few weeks and I got I gave up in probably Leviticus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of things die in the book of Leviticus yeah. and a lot of Bible reading plans die in the book of yeah. Leviticus. So yeah. hopefully that won't happen as we read through it together. Yeah. Yeah, mine died. So each week um, we'll be releasing an episode where we go through the main events and um, discussion topics of the reading for that week. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and and we plan to we the three of us plan to start reading early ahead of time, so that way we can release an episode at the start of that week of reading that covers, you know, is our reflections, observations, uh, applications of the text, you know, kind of just walking through the reading that you would encounter that week. So we're going to start a bit ahead of time, and hopefully that would serve people well because it would give them something to listen to as they get into the week, and it would be a reminder of you're starting another week, jump in. You know, Even if you missed a few days last week, just jump back in on, on this plan and, and catch. You, know, you don't have to try to catch up. Just jump back in. It's okay to have missed some days. Uh, but then also hopefully it will give some people some things to think about, um, perhaps answer some questions that we encounter along the way or give some observations from the text as we've gone through it. Right. Matthew mentioned that there's some pretty tough portions of Scripture, and um, it can be tough to just know how to study the Bible with mm-hmm. the different genres and authors. And um, 
do you have any tips for us to study the Bible, how to read the Bible? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I want to ask a question first. What what portions of the Bible are you guys most dreading? Go ahead. I don't know about dreading, but the minor prophets I'm just not familiar with. Okay. And so yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but also maybe dreading the fact that, you know, I really don't know much about it. So. Well, Josh is preaching through Jonah. So that's one of the 12, right? Right. So that we got that one. So we're down to 11. Okay. Well, that yeah, it's doable then, doable. you know, only 11. What about you, Matthew? Not necessarily. I, lately, I've kind of found a lot of this stuff in the Old Testament to, I don't know, some of the stuff, I don't know if you consider it bizarre or just there's, I mean, there's some weird stuff in there kind of, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's pretty interesting so maybe a lot of that stuff where it's like maybe long or repetitive. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe that would it would get a little tedious, but I don't know when even I, there's just a lot of weird stuff in there when you when you're reading it, you stop and think about it. I don't know. I just find it interesting. So yeah. that that doesn't bother me. Maybe I I've probably until recently read through more New Testament texts. Mm-hmm. So that might actually just feel like repetitive like oh, I've read this. I'm already familiar with it, which doesn't mean I can't obviously still learn a lot from it, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to be more familiar with it. So I'm actually kind of excited to go through the Old Testament stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think books like Lamentations or, I don't know, Zephaniah, right? Zechariah, some of these minor prophet books. I just don't know what I think about them. You know, I think I have a vague idea of what's going on there, but there's always seem to confuse me a bit. And then I think some of the longer prophets like Isaiah or Jeremiah, there are some texts that everybody is super familiar with, but there's a lot in there that I just don't think about that often. Um, So I'm both excited to become more acquainted with those texts, but also a little bit fearful that they'll be really hard to understand. But um, AJ, you asked, you know, what are some suggestions for reading um, as we get into this. I think yeah. I I looked at the Christian Standard Bible study Bible and I would recommend that. I think that would be it would be great to read with a study Bible, but there's an article in there that gives 12 practical suggestions for reading well. So I thought maybe I'd just um, list them and maybe make a comment or two and see if you guys had anything you wanted to add to it. The first suggestion is to read the Bible prayerfully. Uh, so to pray before you start reading, as you're reading, but to read in a prayerful manner. And I think this is sometimes hard to do because it's like, okay, I just need to get this done or whatever. And it's sometimes hard to remember to ask the Lord to give you a receptive heart, a disciplined heart, a soft heart to hear the word. But that's probably a good starting place. Yeah, praying's good. Yeah. I mean, do you guys find that it's pretty instinctual to do that before you read the scripture or not really? Depends on if I had, had my coffee or not. <laughs> but generally, <laughs> that, yes. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, they obviously go together. Maybe that's a good point to pray beforehand. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I don't do that as much more so afterwards. 
Yeah, so they suggest pray beforehand, pray as you read. Uh, And then second, read expectantly and joyfully. So expect that you will find God and learn from God in the scriptures. And um, to look at it as a joyful thing, to be thankful for the scriptures. And I think this is something that we try to think about at church when we have scripture reading and respond by saying, thanks thanks be to God. Uh, But I think it's good to remember, approach the Bible expectantly and joyfully. Um, then third, meditate on what you are reading. So that that one is, I, I think sometimes it comes naturally and then other times not really, especially if it's a text that seems just obscure or kind of bland. Uh, but they in this list, the author really emphasizes not just approaching the text and swallowing it whole, but chewing it before you swallow using that metaphor of eating, but to meditate on the text as you read and then after you read it. Third or fourth, that was three. Fourth, say to read for transformation, remembering that you're not just reading for knowledge, but also to be changed by what you read. And I think that's a hundred percent true. I think sometimes we can over have have wrong expectations and think that if I sit down and read my Bible, I'm going to be a different and better person as I walk away from that. Or my day is going to go way better because I read like it's a magical thing and I read it. So I read the incantation and now everything's going to be good. I I don't think that's a right way to look at it. I think it's good to expect you know, read for transformation, hope for change, these sorts of things. But there's also the reality that uh, when you're reading through the whole Bible, you're reading bigger chunks. And sometimes you're just getting the biblical information in your head. You're growing in biblical literacy and you might not walk away feeling like a different person. And that doesn't mean that the Bible has failed or that you have failed. That's just part of the word slowly getting into you. So I don't know if if you guys have experienced the disappointment of not being transformed after your daily Bible reading, but I think that that's something that's a right thing, but also maybe could be misleading. Yeah, I think we've all experienced that. Um, Passages in Leviticus, right, that are not directly applicable to us, but we do understand more about God and his plan, and we, we grow in the discipline, and we mature, and... As we mature, we develop that relationship with the triune God, and we come to know Jesus better and see his glory. And, you know, Second Corinthians says we, we see with unveiled face, and mm-hmm. that's how we're transformed. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Number five is to read with perseverance. So, so this guy encourages people to commit themselves to being consistent for 10 to 12 weeks because that's about the length of time it takes to form a long-term habit. So I think if you're going to read through the Bible in a year, you just have to say, I am going to kind of, I'm going to do this. And if you don't commit to doing it every day, then it's probably just not going to happen if you if you're not planning for it. What's I think there's a saying if 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 you failure to plan is planning to fail or something like that. So you you have to plan it out and just know it might not come naturally. Um, and I I think in my experience if I if I'm trying to learn form a new habit, 
as long as I don't miss more than two days in a row of that thing, I can keep building and it becomes more habitual. But if if you start talking yourself out of doing it or failing to you know follow through on that commitment for more than two day chunks for like three or four or five days, then it's really hard to you. It's almost like you're starting all over again. What's your experience like with building a habit and working to make sure you, you follow through on that commitment? Yeah, that's, I'll have to think about that and plan that so I don't get bogged down again and fall off the wagon. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, if nothing else at all, just help and be an encouraging thing that other people are doing it. And I know, oh, like, you know, there is kind of a form of accountability with it where it's like, you know, we're doing this together, you know, I'm committed to it. So that, but yeah, actually making a day by day plan, I think, as far as when or whatever, where you're going to sit when you read to just form that habit, I think is very helpful to have a plan for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking ahead and like, you know, we said before with the different resources that are available right now, it um, it is really uh, convenient to be able to to find time to to read the Bible. And as we do that, we make it more of a priority as it becomes more important in our lives. Yeah. So if you're like me, if you're working on a new habit, and maybe this one is Bible reading, the first week, it's like, okay, this is awesome. I'm doing it. But then week two through like week eight, it's, it is really just slogging through it and trying to make that mental decision every day of I'm going to do this. But then it starts getting easier after that. So I think it's just something, if you're going to participate in this, you just have to know it's going to be, there. There, it's not going to be instinctual right away, especially after you get through the newness phase, the honeymoon happy phase of, okay, we're doing something. Uh, then you have to slog through it. But their sixth point is encouraging. You know, they say, be realistic about the goals you set and have a good plan. So he writes, if you take just 20 to 30 minutes per day, you can read through the whole Bible in a year. And that's that's true. So if you have a 20-minute commute, you can listen while you drive for 20 minutes and get through the whole Bible in a year on just a one-way trip, you know, every every morning as you drive in or something like that. Um, though I guess you would just have to make sure you're at a stoplight or something before you switch from Genesis to the Psalm sex. Maybe you save Psalms and Proverbs for when you get home, uh, but the Old and New Testament you could listen to on a drive. Uh, but then seven, set aside a consistent time and place to read and study the Bible. And as you guys were already mentioning, I think that's a big deal is just knowing where my schedule am I going to put this. And for me, I, I think I like having a a set place where I do things. For me, it's generally in the study at home, upstairs at my desk. Where where do you guys like to sit down for studying or for reading your Bible? Yeah, I ha- have an office at home, so I like to get up early before everybody else make coffee and um, read my Bible in the in the office. So that's my place. Yeah, I don't have as fancy of a spot. I have a chair in my apartment. Uh, It's probably my most comfortable chair. So I sit there, um, sometimes facing out the window, sometimes not. It is is mobile. Um, But I generally sit there and read in the morning. Yeah. I like to do it in the morning. That's great. And I like your chair. And you have a cat that sometimes rests up on the 
you know, back of the chair. So it, it you, is delightful when that happens. Yeah, you you have a good situation for reading. Um, number eight, read with a few good tools at hand. So I've already mentioned the CSB Study Bible, and there, you know, the ESV Study Bible is a really good one as well. There's the NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible that I think is also really good. Um, I don't know that I would recommend reading every note on every verse, but it's a helpful thing to pull off the shelf if you have a question. It usually at least gives a basic answer, even if it won't fully answer the question. Um, but then there are also just a ton of articles online that you can find places as you encounter different things. But I think hopefully we'll be able to talk about some of the major things that people might have questions about as we record every week. I have a question now that I think of it. Um, you, we're reading through this in the CSB. Well, I think um, I, I'm going to. Okay. I don't know if AJ is or not. I'm planning on reading uh, the New Testament in the CSB. I, I have a Septuagint translation, English translation, that I want to read through the Old Testament with. Um, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, so I think whatever translation you want to read in is fine. And for the listeners that don't know, or other people, what word you just said, what is that translation? The Septuagint yeah. is, is the Greek uh, version of the, the Hebrew Bible. Huh. Yep. But And you're going to read an English translation English, yeah. put out by Lexham Press. Yeah, recent. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I think people, I think it's good to read from a variety of translations, right? And if people in our church are reading from different translations and are talking with each other about it, then that will raise up some interesting points for discussion along the way, especially in key texts that are translated differently. Um, you know, you'll, you'll be able to identify these theological issues or translation issues. So I think um, one translation I really liked reading through was the New Living Translation. It's a little bit more free in their translation, a little bit more interpretive and easier to read. So the NLT is one that I recommend to people if they're reading through the Bible for the first time all the way through. I just think it makes it a lot easier to read. Um, but I plan to read the, the CSB. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then number nine, they say, read with a pen in hand, underline key passages and make notes in the margins as you read. Um, what do you guys do with that? Do you guys write in your Bibles? Do you take notes as you read? Um, I think maybe you guys would jot down questions or observations as you're reading in preparation since we're doing a podcast on it. But what's your normal practice? If I underline it all, it's with a ruler and the same pen in a specific Bible. But most Bibles, I do not mark it up at all. Okay. Uh, I have a notebook. I'll, I'll do that on a Word document or something else, but... I'm not I'm not a note in the in the Bible guy. Okay. Yeah, I haven't noted, underlined, or done any ink on my study Bible. Mm -hmm. Um what I mostly do, I like on the app on my phone, you can highlight stuff and save it. So yeah. there's just stuff highlighted all over the place on my phone where if I'm trying to remember something, I'll dig through there to reference it rather than a physical copy, I guess. That's just kind of what I've done on default. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, I underline with a ruler because I want it to look nicer. And then in this Bible that I got in September, there are wide margins. So I'll make little notations there along the way. Um, and I use pen for that. And then if I want to highlight 
repeating words or connections. Sometimes I'll draw in pencil in my Bibles in the past. I haven't done that in this one yet just because it starts to get smudgy when the papers rub together. So I don't know that I'll do that. But um, if you're listening to the audio Bible, obviously you you don't have that ability if you're doing it on a drive. Um, but yeah, perhaps there's virtue in writing down some things as you think about it throughout the day that you can bring up with other people who you know are reading through it as well. 10, they say read in light of the immediate context. So you know, try not to forget the thing you read yesterday, you know, have that in mind when you're reading the thing you're reading today. 11, do your Bible reading and study as part of a community. And I really like this one because that's exactly what we're trying to do here. And I think we've talked about the fact that, at least for me, I was planning to read through the Bible this year anyway, uh, but I wanted to find a few people who would be doing that too in every week or two, talk about what we read that week. So that's what I get to do with you guys. Um, and then I thought, why don't we just record those conversations and other pe- maybe it'll be helpful for other people in our church, um, helpful in terms of just hearing how people talk about the Bible, but then also helpful in terms of a, a recording to listen to as they dive into it. So I I think, as we've commented multiple times so far, one of the, the most helpful things about reading as part of a community is when you start to feel like, ah, I don't want to do this today, or this is just tough slogging, you can think about the fact that there are other people who are experiencing that same thing on the same day, you know, theoretically. And then finally, number 12, say, read in light of the overarching story of the Bible. And, you know, we're doing this Bible intro to biblical theology class and the adult Bible class, and hopefully that will be helpful for this. Um, a study Bible will be helpful. The Christian Standard Bible, that study Bible edition has a few helpful articles to put things in perspective there, as well as the NIV Sondervan Biblical Theology Study Bible. Both of those are going to have notes that help do this. There's another um, Bible edition from Crossway. It's called the the Redemptive Story Bible. Yep. It's kind of like a study Bible, but it, it's focused a little bit more on biblical theology. And I, I found that really helpful too. That would be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so those are 12 suggestions that they put out, and I think those are all really good. And I, I wouldn't really have anything to add to that other than just to say... It's it's hard to read the Bible every day if if that hasn't been a practice and that's okay, you know, but I think it's good for us to all continue to grow in regular Bible reading as we're able and it's all the better if we can do it with other people. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to reading the Bible with you guys. Um, thanks for talking today and uh just wanted to let you know this podcast is a ministry of Resurrection Church. You can find out more at resurrectionmn.org.